Hi there, and welcome to the Cambridge Stronger podcast, where culture counts and values matter most. I'm your host, Amy Weber, and joining us today is the owner and registered principal of Orenda, Shannon Mills. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thanks for having me. So exciting. Um, my One of my favorite things to do with my day is have these conversations. And I love to have my guests start out by inspiring our listeners on how you got started in the financial services industry. Can you share with us? Absolutely. So it was, um, it was the best unplanned thing ever. Um, I, I didn't intentionally end up here. It wasn't my goal. Um, I was working at a life insurance company because I needed a job. And my sister-in-law was working at the back office and said, hey, there's a job fair. Awesome got a job. It started there. Uh, throughout the course of that, I, I, I saw some uh, corporate success and uh, got my Series 6 license, which is good for nerds like me. I'm a perpetual student. I'll just kind of keep going. And during that time, though, I had just had my second son. The kids were really little. And at the time, at first, you know, the hour drive in and the hour drive home seemed manageable. My husband was very flexible, very hands-on dad. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have that support in my life, but it did it did start to wear on me, uh, especially 9/11. So 9/11 occurred, and it was very difficult for me to get home. I couldn't get a hold of my family. Um, you know, phones were jammed. We had family stationed at the Pentagon at the time. We couldn't get a hold of them. And you know, I thought if there was something that happened to my family, meaning the boys, my husband, how am I not going to be able to get home? I that was my aha moment that even though in a normal day-to-day it's manageable in those emergency moments it all of a sudden didn't seem manageable anymore so i quit with no plan again my husband very supportive on my on my whims but uh but it was important that i that i find something new so i went for a period of time without a job and i had a friend in town who was a financial advisor and was looking for an admin and so he said, hey, you're looking for a job? I'm like, yep, you're licensed as a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, I have my six. He said, great. So I got, a, I got an interview with his employer who was J.A. Counter. So J.A. Counter is um, a branch within Cambridge. We were with J.A. Counter when we transitioned over to Cambridge. And the founder of the company, Jim Counter, and his daughter, Linda Scogland, who's a Cambridge advisor, she was newly taking over the business, hired me to be his admin. During that time, I kept getting licenses, refer back to the nerd reference, and I was working on my 24 and with no, really no plan. It was just the next thing to do. I just had an opportunity. They wanted to educate me. I went, great. So I just took every opportunity that it came without really knowing where it was going to lead or if it was going to lead. In this case, it did. So Jim's other daughter, Diana Johnston, who is a Cambridge producer, a Cambridge FP, she was the OSJ. She bought her dad's individual book of business and that left the OSJ position open. So I slipped into there because I have my 24 and fast forward, Linda reorganized JA counter. And that included an opportunity for me to buy the OSJ. She said, Hey, would you be interested? Sure. So I did that. It, you know, I, I think that that's probably more words than, than we need to explain the backstory. But I think that just by keeping your eyes open and your heart open to opportunities and just seek what inspires you will land you where you're supposed to be. So 
that's how I got started. And that's how I ended up here. I wish I had some great inspirational plan about putting it out there and having this goal and achieve. And it, it was, it was opportunities presented and taking advantage to be quite honest. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I think that's the beauty of our business personally is um, so what I just got from, from your, your journey there is that risks mm -hmm. and I'd, I'd like to say smart risks, but we all know that sometimes we take risks and we have no idea whether they're smart or not. So that ends up being the after the fact uh, yep. word that we add, but they can pay off and offer those opportunities. And to your point, not being afraid to jump in when one of those doors open. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, th I think so too. And it is, it, it is, it is the risk and, and not knowing is part of it, but it's also to a certain degree, I suppose, weighing out what's the worst case, worst case, it doesn't work out. And then there's, then there's something else, right? I think as long as we know that there's something else that's going to be available, hopefully, um, and that you're open to that, it might not be exactly what you think it would be, but you can turn it into it, or you can still glean what you need from it. Um, I always thought I'd be a teacher one day. And here I am. And I, and I kind of forgot about that passion until I kind of took a step away and thought, you know what, this is more than telling people the compliance rules and making sure they're in the confines of the rules and all that kind of stuff. It's also so much education. And it's, it, it, and I rely on my financial professionals within my organization to teach me that too. They are so great at what they do. They are great at building those relationships and teaching their clients what they need to know. And I, I learn from them as much as they learn from me. Um, and, and that's what I got from them is, you know what, I really am an educator as well. It's not just dictating rules. It's about educating them and helping them grow their business and get them where they need to be. Yeah, I would argue you are a teacher uh, in so many ways. So um, those skills that, that were leading you down that path are being leveraged for sure. Yeah, yeah. You just got to turn it just it, it's not a, it's not a teacher because I don't have a classroom, but still a teacher, right? You still I think you just still need to hold true with the values that are within yourself and then use them wherever you find yourself. So tell us a little bit more about the structure of the organization. So you serve uh, FPs, as you've described. Um, mm -hmm. How many of them do you have? What is the ideal FP that partners with you look like? And then you've got a team behind you, right? You don't do all of this alone. So talk yeah. about your organization. Yeah, so I'm pretty lean. I'm building my team. Um, I leveraged, the first thing I did was leveraged um, Cambridge Office assistant program. So I'm going to be honest, that is where that's my go to anybody looking for assistance, not ready to hire yet or need somebody right now and doesn't have the luxury of time. Uh, I promote that service. So one of the best things ever. And so rely very, very heavy on that team. Um, I've had two admins now one got her 24 and is now an ARD, which I'm so excited for her. And um, the other one is a little bit newer. And so we're working through um, how she can help that. The other thing that is so generous with their time is that my FPs can call them or the admins their their assistants can call my assistant and and work together because really Madison is um is an extension of my office right now and so um working on a designee I can't wait there's a lot there's a heavy lift there there really is and um but I'm so excited to be able to build out now that piece of the organization so that looking at correspondence and 
doing the day-to-day -day service calls, the low-hanging fruit questions, um, checking correspondence, that can all start to be removed so that I can start now incorporating other industry groups and networking more and doing more of that recruiting piece and being the face of the company and start bringing people in. I'm so excited to be able to carve out the time to do that. Um, and so I wanna thank you uh, for your assistance there. Um, and I get emotional, so I'm very, very sorry. And anybody yeah. listening, sorry, that's just, I try to hide it and people tell me that, you know what, it's worse to hide it than just let it out. So I, I wanna thank you for that. So I'm building out, so I'm building out that side of the organization because I do need help, I really do. Um, and I think that right now I'm, it, it, if somebody feels like they're a great asset and that's, you know, that's what we're gonna build off of, that's, a, then that's, that, that's where I'm going. That's what I've done so far, got me here. With my financial professionals though, I rely on them a ton. And um, I've got an advisor group who they meet with me once a month. They hit me between the eyes when I need a hit between the eyes. I, I ask them to keep me on the straight and narrow. What do you need? What do we need to build out? What tools and resources do we have? And they help me with that. So the organization that we have today, hopefully will continue in that direction with the support of my financial professionals and helping me stay on that straight and narrow, keeping me true, keeping me true to what I say that I'm going to do. Um, we, I have an orphan book that I need to recruit to and develop out. So we'll see what that looks like. But right now where I'm at is the, just the, I'm not to the peak, but I'm there. Like I can see it. I'm so much closer to getting to the next level of where I want to be. Um, the financial professionals in our organization, I think we're up to 30 licensees. Forgive me for not knowing that exact number. We've had, we've had a little bit of movement. Um, so 30 and um, our FPs, you know, we run the gamut. And so I try to follow in Cambridge's footsteps with flexibility, individuality. I think that when we joined, that's one of the things that really drew us to Cambridge is we have such a cultural match that it was like just kind of being an extension of us, you know? And so I think advisors that are diverse, that want to get into the individual space, see what that's all about. I remember what that was like. I remember having to learn to go from a very captive place to some place that was like, I keep saying Cambridge is like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, as opposed <laughs> to like aisle six of the candy aisle, right? So we're all used to aisle six. We know where to go for our favorite candy bar, but then you open up Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and you go, okay, pick your favorite, go ahead, start. You need somebody to help you navigate that. And so Cambridge is that. And then you've got such a great team that I rely on to help me kind of narrow the scope. And then I try to take that and then narrow the scope even more to start, to start building up our people. So um, ideally, yeah, I like variety. I think we support variety very well. I've got variety within my FP group. They share everything and anything. There's not a whole lot. I think that we can't that we can't really handle, so. I would agree from an outside observation perspective, and of course I'm a little biased, but leveraging those core values you're describing um, reminds me so much of when Eric Schwartz, our founder, started Cambridge, right? Um, his value prop in the early days was listening to his clients, which were our financial professionals, and building, it sounds hokey coming from Iowa, but build it and they will come. Right, right, um, right. That's what, you're, that's what you're doing. You're replicating that. Um, yeah, like to say, you're all, many of you are little broker dealers or RIAs or financial solutions firms inside of the mothership, leveraging our scale, but doing your own thing. And that's yeah. awesome. 
Yep, exactly. And it's nice to have that mothership to use your words. It's nice to have that mothership to just, like I said, navigate a lot of the space, be the front runner, get some of the obstacles out of our way, give us some parameters, and then let us take it from there and fine tune it to what's going to work with each of our individual offices. Um, and by that, I mean, not just mine, but but our FPs, what works for one isn't going to work for another. And it's so fantastic to have um, an, an organization like Cambridge that respects that, values that, uh, encourages that. It, it just makes what I do so much easier because I don't know how I don't know how to do things any other way. It's great. We're talking a lot about culture. So I know the meaning of the word Orenda is extremely important to you, as is the logo. But share with our listeners the, the meaning behind both of those things and why you believe they're so important to your culture. Yeah. So the meaning of Orenda is the force within all living things that empowers us to make a difference in our world, those around us, and in ourselves. And the O itself is a symbol of strength. So that's 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 the short answer. The longer answer is when I had the opportunity to buy the OSJ, we knew we needed to rebrand and you know figure out what do we look like. And my son and I, bless his heart, uh, sat down one night and I said, look, this is what I'm looking for. I want one word that means all of these things go. And so he's on, you know, on, the, on one couch with his computer. I'm on the other. We're throwing ideas out at each other. And I'm looking at Pinterest. He's looking at the source. And we're, you know, we just had this brainstorming session. It was something ridiculous, like two or three in the morning. He came up with this. And it's a Native American word. We did change the spelling a little bit to um, save some trademarking issues that we may have had otherwise. And so, um, but he said, Mom, this is what it means. And that sounds like you. So, you know, I thought, okay, there you go. How do you not, how do you not get behind that? Um, it is authentically who I am or who I try to be. And it is a reminder that, you know, our sheer existence means that we've made a difference. Now we can either have it be intentional or not. We can have it be positive or less so. Um, but it's a reminder to me to be intentional, be intentional in that difference. Um, and then I talked to a friend of mine who is a graphic designer and I said, okay, this is our name. This is what I want it to be. This is what it means. These are all of the things I need to encompass in my logo. I want the Nike swoosh, right? I want that. I want that logo to go, yep, that is undeniably Nike. This is undeniably Arenda, but I need meaning behind it. I need it to be something other than just the letters. And so she did some research and went into the archives of whatever she has access to um, and she said, this is, this is an ancient symbol of strength. What do you think? I'm like, yes, we modified it a little bit. And um, so that is really what it is. And I think that it encompasses not only me and what I believe and how I try to live my life, but the type of organization that I'm trying to build and the type of value that I'm trying to provide to my FPs. And, and that's who we attract. If that's not, if that, if that doesn't resonate with somebody, we're really not a good fit. We've tried, we've tried to be all things to all people. And I find that either they're compromising who they are. I might have to compromise who I am. And I, it, it just doesn't feel right, which I don't know how you substantiate that. Right. So if it doesn't feel right, it's very subjective. But um, like I said, it's gotten me here today. And I think we all know, I think we all know where that, where that lies. So, but that's why it's so important. And my son helped me with it. So you know, I think that's so kick. cool. Yeah. Um, well, like your son and your music. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. what I was just thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. For our listeners, um, my son uh, wrote my music for Cambridge Stronger. 
and um, did a lot of the same things as we were trying to pull all that together, right? The fact that you and I are listening to our um, children who have so much to give us at this stage of their lives, or that whole generation does, I think speaks volumes. We're still learning. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think, I think number one, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that we're always learning. And I think that it's also important to understand that you learn from everybody. It's not the stereotypical somebody who's a decade or more older than me, who's got some sort of letters behind their name or whatever. It's not, it it doesn't come from the professors always, you know, it can come from anywhere. It can come from anywhere. So yeah, I think that that's important for everybody to understand too. And I think that's one of the reasons that that how we are and how my FPs operate, they understand that within each other. We we are a wide range of ages, a wide range of interests. And to see them all get together, it's like a family reunion. I mean, not to overuse a, a term, but somebody said it's like um, it's like getting together with our siblings, you know? And I I think that it is. And they have, they battle it out and they you know, make up afterwards and, and have really true down to earth, heart to heart conversations with each other. And there's something to be said for that type of honesty within an organization that they're all trusting each other with those vulnerabilities and asking questions that maybe they wouldn't otherwise ask other people. Yeah, they're all fiercely independent, but um, it's almost as if because you work together in such a, a harmonious team, that you spend more time together than you do with that family. Um, yeah. And so it makes it a lot more special. I, I think you get into our business, especially the independent side, uh, relationships really do mean a lot. It's not about the dollar. The dollar comes when we're having strong relationships and making that difference to your point. And your FPs and, and your organization are clearly a great testament to the fact that relationships matter. Well, thank you. Thank you. That is the one thing that we that we've worked hard to do since we came from Cambridge. The one thing I think that we all grossly underestimated is the tenure that we had at our former broker dealer. It had been several decades. So I quite ignorantly didn't realize that when I was walking into the OSJ space, I had 30 years behind me. Everybody knew the founder, everybody knew where I had come from. I, I walked in with a certain amount of credibility that I earned because of the footsteps that I was following in. When we transitioned to Cambridge, that history, that tenure, we were number one, all brand new and all on the same page. So it wasn't like me getting ahead of anything or trying to be able to you know, front run things for my advisors and help them navigate the space. We were all learning at the same exact time. So when we started, I, I set out three goals. My very first goal was to you know, help Cambridge, the back office, whoever's answering the phones, pushing the buttons, understand who we are and start to learn, okay, these are our voices. These are people within my group. If you have a, any issues, know me, I will get to them and just kind of help navigate that space, which I think we've been really able to do with the help of your team. Like I said, I just can't say enough about, about your people. Um, so number one, and then next was to start building out the um, FP network because they're starting over too. We had 19, we had 19 of us. So we were, we were going to start, but I, I thought, how do I help them now co- build their own collaborative network that we just left? 
and they had known for a very, very long time. And so we've, we've tried really hard to do that and incorporate as many people as we can. I just keep telling people there's always room for one more at our table. So you'll see us sitting. If I see somebody wandering around looking for a place to sit, I will find chairs. Come on in, introduce yourself, tell us what you do so that they can start building out their own network. And now I'm, I'm working on building out the OSJ network so that I can have now those peers for myself. I've got that house in order now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to focus on that for the next year or two and, and really start building out my own network now. I just think there's so many things we can do to share and collaborate. And with the few of us, when we started with a few of us that came, I think in order to keep ideas fresh, we, you need to sometimes look out of what you've known for decades. And that was another ad, advantage of being able to meet and greet and network and, and just bring more people in and um, introduce more people to each other is to keep those fresh ideas coming. We're all going to be better for it, regardless of your um, branch, regardless of your enterprise, regardless of any of that. We'll all be better if we are all um, doing the right thing and collaborating and keeping ideas fresh and alive. I think that for business owners, that that's very important. And if they, I can be any part of that by leveraging Cambridge and the other FPs within the organization and the other enterprises, why not? You know, why not? I love your spirit of collaboration. Um, I too think it's really important. And um, one of the things that would probably be good for our listeners to hear kind of going back to where you started on your journey a little bit. Um, I know that you shared a big part of the reason why you made the leap from where you were to this independent space was to, to be more um, available if something should happen to your family. But one of the big obstacles for many people, but especially women, does tend to be the perception of the lack of flexibility and diversity and inclusivity that are our business, the one you and I are describing, perhaps not all of financial services, but certainly mm -hmm. our business offers. Um, can you share a little bit about what you've learned on that journey as you've been a mom and built such a great career? Yeah, so it is, it is interesting. And, and I'm glad you asked the question. No, I've never really thought about that, about the differences. It feels like such, it feels like such a lifetime ago to not have the freedom and the flexibility that we have today that I almost forgot that it existed. And that's probably not a good thing. You know, I, I, I think that that's, it, it, that's probably not a good thing. I appreciate the question. Um, so to be able to leverage that flexibility I, I was talking to somebody, I was talking to a, um, a recruit yesterday, and she said she doesn't like the word um, work-life balance. She likes work-life integration. And I like that better. I really do. And I, and I said, you know, that means that you're taking away the choice to do one over the other. Because I think um, balance has kind of that connotation for me. And so I think I'm going to start using integration. But I think by and large, for anybody who has a family or has... Um, especially a family that is so reliant on each other, which I think is probably most of us, especially when our children are young, needs to have that. They need to have the ability to be all things to all people. And the best way to do that is to integrate it. We have the flexibility now in, certainly within our industry. Look at what COVID did. I wasn't, I had never, the fact that I've got my video on right now, I would have told you a year ago is still never gonna happen. And so we're all getting comfortable with that and getting comfortable with what that could look like. And it catapulted us to take even more advantage than what we had before. It is nice to have my kids say, can you 
fly over for Thanksgiving and have me say absolutely yes and tell my FPs I am still available except for the hours of this and this because I'll be on a plane and the hours of this and this because then I'm off of my layover and then I'm back available again. I, I, I am taking full advantage of that, but to be honest with you, I'm taking it for granted. I, I think that it's nice to be able to reflect back and go, look, you know what? This really is a very fantastic place to be. And I know we talk about the flexibility and um, I never really thought about it as individually as you're having me do today, but it is, it's nice to have that. Or my mother-in-law needed help yesterday. She uh, at the last minute uh, needed some of my um, assistance. And so that was a few hours out of my afternoon. I'm planned out of my afternoon, but I was able to do it. Right. And, and I'm right in town and I can go and, and I've got, I've got my back office, AKA Cambridge's back office to be able to support me in that so that I can, and I get my messages and then I can get back and everybody knows I'm going to get back. We just all are able to have that integration. I like that word a lot too. That's a, yeah, right. Um, hopefully this person goes from being a recruit to one of your FPs, but Uh, even if not, we've gotten some real value from your conversation (laughs) because I do like that word myself for sure. Um, you've talked a little bit at a very high level about your value prop and how you help your financial professionals. Um, but maybe drill down a little bit more and talk about how you adapt to the changes in our industry, help them adapt to the changes in our industry. Um, and, and how much you advocate for them, how you advocate for them. Sure. So I think um, again, I, I take Cambridge's lead. I've got to be honest with you. When re- new regulations come through, I think we all know that sometimes the verbiage is not very clear and leaves open a bit for interpretation. And so back to Cambridge being the mothership and being the front runner, um, I think that you have such a great team of people that have a way to take that and start molding that abstractness into a shape, right? Put it in words that we understand, which I appreciate. So that's a talent in and of itself. Understand something at this abstract level and being able to to explain it to the rest of us in words that we understand. And so once that first level, that once that first filter comes through and we start to get a little bit of a shape, I will call and ask about 10,000 questions, make sure I have it down. And one of the reasons for my questions is, is, I'm thinking of each of the branches within our enterprise and how is it going to affect this one? And how is it going to affect this one? And this one's going to be a little bit different. And so I want to make sure that I understand how it impacts all of them, which is one of the reasons that I ask as many questions as I do. And so then I have my, my monthly calls and disseminate a little bit more of the formation of how it's going to affect them, what it is. I try to give the whys behind everything. Regulation changes, we can't they're forever, right? They're always going to come and uh, we're not always going to like it. But I think as long as they understand that we know that and there is a why behind some of it, we might not agree, but at least it wasn't something that was seemingly plucked out of the air. Um, I think that that helps. And then I always offer to um, either do an outbound call, have them call me if they have um, workflows within our offices where we can most easily and efficiently incorporate any additional workflow needs into what they already have within their office. So I take it from Cambridge, taking the abstract, helping to form it into everything and then run it through my own filter for each of the different offices. You know, it's a, I I like to serve. I like to serve and I like to educate. And 
if I can keep the offices working as efficiently as they already do, adding one thing shouldn't disrupt the whole system. And so I do my best. We, there's some things we can't help and, and they know that and they, you know, they offer me forgiveness, but at least they know we care and that we understand that, you know what, it is daunting. It is daunting and advocating. I think the asking of the questions for sure, making sure that it makes sense within what I'm going to anticipate as questions and phone calls for me. But I also encourage my folks to be in RPM, join every if Cambridge reaches out and asks you to be a part of something, be a part of it. If they um, reach out and ask for feedback on something, give feedback on that. If you're not going to give feedback on that, you're relying on me or you're relying on others to relay your message for you. And that's okay, But and I'm happy to do it, but I really encourage them to do that as well because um, you guys have an open door policy when it comes to feedback and not only when it's solicited, but also as many of, of your team members know, sometimes unsolicited, but um, I think that just being involved, being involved, staying active, staying in the know is the best way that we can do that and not being afraid to pick up the phone and, and ask the questions. And again, you guys are very receptive to that. I try to be receptive to that. They like said, we having our cultures be aligned as well as they are, I'm a smaller version of what you provide me is what I try to provide for them. Absolutely, and you do, I know that you do. Um, you mentioned RPM, that's our coaching program. You mm -hmm. went through RPM yourself? I did, I did. And then um, did some of your FPs also take advantage of it? Yes, yes, they did before I did. So they did and I asked if, um, if we're calling them enterprises now, formerly OSJs, if, if there was a program for somebody like me, and there wasn't at the time, but it was like the following year, I got reached out, the coaches reached out and said, look, we're going to build this around, what do you think you need? And so I said, you know, I need a lot of the things that they do, it's just that my client base is different. So their clients are, are individual members of the public, business owners, mine are them. And so if we can build that out, I'm happy to give feedback on what I need, but I need to, I'm a new business owner. I needed to know how to business plan, how to project, how to do my numbers, how to look at, you know, profitability and marketing. And I didn't have a website. I barely had a name. And so um, there was a lot that translated. So they opened it up. They opened it up and had me go through too. So yes, I have some FPs that are a few years farther along than I am, um, but they shared their, their um, handbooks with me. So now that's a resource on my website. we we, we took out, we redacted as much as we needed to. And now that's a template. So for anybody who isn't able to participate yet in RPM for one reason or another, we're still trying to bring the resources and what we learned and pull them together so that we can still make a difference, still give them a taste of what they can expect from RPM. So um, I hope to have more. I think I've got two or three signed up for this upcoming session. So that's the teacher in you. Yes, possibly, possibly. And I appreciate a program that will do that, that I can now help support and circle back around to and remind them of and pull my old resources out. And, you know, I still have, I still have people from RPM, we still meet uh, once a month, and still connect and talk and network. And um, it, it was, it's just, yeah, that's a great program. RPM is a fantastic program. It's uh, um, what I hear often is it's an opportunity to do some really quality networking. And it's, uh, fulfilling to know that you're not out there alone dealing with the issues that others are going through the same kind of thing and bring their different perspectives, have a platform to do that. 
Yep, absolutely. And it's a safe place too to ask those questions that you might, like I said, you might be afraid to ask. One of the one of the um, FPs that were in my office this morning um, was a little bit hesitant to ask some of the questions that she had because she said these are going to sound so dumb. We're like, oh no, 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 no. And then we gave examples of dumb things that we've done, and just all. <laughs> we're like, look, we're all, we're all there. And not only that, look, listen to all the conversation we have going on right now. And some of us have been in the industry for a very long time. You're always going to be questioning. You're always going to have to revisit. You're always going to have to be able to do that. But RPM certainly does that. In addition to providing that network and those platforms, it also introduces people face to face with some home office employees with some home office um, people that, again, are still people that I talk with today. They're just great resources or who do I call or who can I talk to about this? Or I have an FP with an issue. Who's who's best? Coach me. Coach me. Help me coach them. And um, they've been very generous with their time in doing that. So it's sometimes that's the first peek behind the curtain for people is RPM and they get face-to-face time with some home office folks, which is important. We learn a lot from all of you. That's for sure. So, um, Shannon, another part of my favorite um, time in my podcast is learning more about you. You've mentioned your family members a couple of times, but not their names or what they do or what you guys, what you do in your free time. So maybe just tell us as you work to uh, embrace life integration. Yes. Work-life integration. Work-life integration. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I got it. I'm going to keep practicing. Um, Tell us about yourself on that other side, on the, on the personal side, what do you do outside of work? On the personal side. So on my other side, I, uh, yeah, married husband's name is Dave. I call him Mel's. So if you, somebody thought his name was Mel Mel's and thought his parents were very cruel. And I said, no, you know what we used to, when we were in college, we were ball. um, We played on a softball team together. And if anybody's in sports, you call people by their last names. Right. And everybody calls him Mel's or Melzy. And we did because we were teammates first and, you know, Lots of years later, here we are, but that didn't change for me. So I still call him Mel's because so does everybody else, except for his mother calls him David. His grandmother called him David and that's about it. But by and large, he's Mel's. So if you hear me say Mel's, that's who it is. Um, We've been married for a long time, 30 years, I think around there. It's so Um, funny that you bring that up, not to interrupt you, but I have to say when you and I saw each other at a recent Cambridge event, um, I called him Mel's and I got a funny look. And I realized that I was, they were looking at me the same way. Like, seriously, that's his name. (laughs) Uh uh Isn't it awesome though? It's like, but he answers, you know, he answers. It's getting confusing because now RPM, I've got an RPM group too. And we've got nicknames for each other and they call me Mel's or Melzy, something like that. So they're calling me Mel's and he's turning around. I'm like, nope, now they're talking about me. (laughs) We'll have to navigate that space. But yeah, yeah. Call him Mel's. He answers, he answers best to that anyway. Um, yes. And so, yeah, so that's my husband. Uh, he is a, a public works employee and was an EMT for a long time, a firefighter for a long time. We did fish and wildlife firefighting for a while together. That was so much fun. Um, but a perpetual civil servant, he is, um, very supportive of my whims. He has been with the city since he graduated college. I have had several different careers since, uh, since we first met, but again, the reason I can do that is because he is so supportive. Um, And we um, are blessed with two boys. I don't have daughters, so I don't know how I'd be as a mother of a daughter, but I really like being the mom of of young men. And so, um, yeah, lights lights of my life. They 
graduated high school, obviously, uh, went on to college, both of them graduated college, and then decided to enlist in the military. So I have an Army guy, an Air Force guy, and they're both married. So my son, the, the oldest, Keelan, married his childhood sweetheart. She was the officially the first additional girl into the household. I didn't know that I had room for more than just the queen of the castle, but I do love her. Married his high school sweetheart. We've known her forever. She is such a phenomenal human being. Very proud of her. Her name is Megan. And uh, my son, Liam, got married when he was in basic training to uh, the love of his life, Helen. They met in college and they got married in 2020. His, his base was closed. She was in El Paso in a different time zone and uh, they got married via Zoom. And so that's their, yeah, that's their, that's their story, their legit story. And so they're getting, they're redoing their ceremony um, in February and now incorporating all of the family who are not able to watch the video link uh, and watch the kids get married. Congratulations. So, yeah. Thank you. Yes, awesome it's true. Story. Like you said, it's weird to say like daughters-in-law and that they're married and it, you know, it's been a little while I'm getting better. They each have dogs, you know, <laughs> they're expanding out that way. Uh, but I couldn't be prouder, but you know, again, it's, it's the service to others. You know, I, I married into it. I think it was there, but uh, less fostered until I married my husband. And now we've got a, a family full. So um, yeah, couldn't be prouder of them. And we hang out and walk in the woods and unplug as much as we can. And um, they, they, they pull me away. It's different being the business owner now where it's even harder to unplug sometimes. So I do need a strong arm to remind me that that's important. And I just need to get out of my head and focus on other things. So yeah, let's be. Thank your boys for their service. And um, I do think the parents of our servicemen and women also deserve a lot of thanks because it's, it can't be, I can't even, I don't even know what it would be like. I can't imagine, but I have to envision that it's a really challenging thing to um, you're proud and yeah. terrified at the same time, I imagine. You nailed it. Yep, you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. Very proud, very supportive, and scared to death sometimes. Yes, exactly. But, you know, um, that's where you really, and I think I think this is true with any parent. I think that's where the rubber hits the road. You got them to where they are, and they are now in charge of their lives, and their life. this is their journey. So, you know, set up the bumpers, answer the calls. They still call me for advice, which That's I love. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's not often, but I take it when I can get it. Yeah. And so as long as, you know, as long as we remain relevant, I, I just feel like we've done something right and their decisions are theirs and we will support them in that, whether it's what we would do or not. So I say our rules when they were kids, don't hurt, don't intentionally hurt yourself. Don't intentionally hurt others. That's it. Those are our rules. So as long as what you are doing is not something that would violate those two rules, then you have our support. We'll talk about it. We might disagree, but you will ultimately have our support. Fantastic. Um, Shannon, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. I know our audience is going to get so much value from listening to um, the inspiration and the passion in your story and your journey. Um, congratulations on your success. You are Cambridge Stronger. And um, showing your vulnerability because yeah. not everybody can do that. So you should be very uh, proud of that as well. Well, I, 
Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I really do. And thank you for helping with that. Like you said, it's even with Cambridge Stronger and, you know, strength being my logo. I just, um, I really, I think we have affiliate selfishly, if I can speak very, very selfishly for a minute, I, I really think that we got aligned with um, an organization that helps me be a better version of myself and challenges me to grow and challenges my, um, oh, my version of flexibility, challenges what I think I know and um, hangs with me when I need to learn and you know, invests that time in me that I try to invest in others. And that's not taken lightly. Thank you. Well, thank you for allowing us to serve you, your FPs, all of the clients that are behind the scenes. And I look forward to watching you do amazing things in the next however many years, 20, 30, pick a number. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. As long as you're around. How about that? 20, 30. I got you. I got you. <laughs> We're in this together. Exactly. 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 Well, thanks again. And like I said, thanks again for having me, letting me share my story. I know I kind of go off and, and talk fast and stuff, but uh, I'm just excited. I'm just excited to be here and just to have the opportunity to share. So thank you for that. You're welcome. It's been a joy. Yes, right back at you. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best the strongest of the strongest. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. If you like what you've heard, please give us a review and head on over to our blog for more content at cambridgestronger.com. That's cambridgestronger.com. Stronger.